So check this out. I got word that Hulu threw this crazy party in Beverly Hills with literally all of the biggest reality TV stars. I'm talking about all the Bravo lebs, Candy Burris, Portia Williams, James Kennedy, Jax Taylor, even Captain Lee and Kate Chastain. Here's the genius part. If you want to find out what happened at the party, you have to watch the commercials. Yes, I know I'll be tuning in and then signing up for a free trial to get my favorite reality TV shows at Hulu.com. Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 10, Episode 5, Insufficient Praise is over, but we are just getting started here on the Curb Your Enthusiasm post-show recap, and now here are the guys who feel like there is insufficient praise for every podcast we do. I am Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our Curb Your Enthusiasm post-show recap, and boy, we have we got a lot to get to today. Uh, we've got a a great panel. First, let me bring in Wheels Wieneker. Wheels, how are you? Uh, how's it going, Rob? Yes, good, good. Busy week. Very excited to be back talking about uh, a wild episode of Curb Enthusiasm. Of course, Josh Wiggler is here with us. Josh, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm going to be quiet for a little while. I'm doing some breathing exercises to to shore up some tears for the for the crying that I want yes. to do by the end of the podcast. So <laughs> just give me a minute. I'll be I'll be with you in a second. Okay, and then we are we are extra blessed today because we have a fourth person on a podcast, a fourth male voice here with us today <laughs> because people said. Are that uh, aren't there enough? Don't you have? A, can't you get more straight white guys on the on a podcast? I said, uh, we'll see. Let's see. Here is the great host of the pretty pretty good podcast, Mister Alexander Chester. Thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate you having me. Uh, your gift is in the mail. Look out for some discreet packaging. Yes. Okay. Do not puncture. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So here we are. Man knows. Uh, so first time ever, Josh Wiggler and Chester are on a podcast. This is the first. Oh my gosh, Chester! It's very exciting to be so on a exciting. podcast with you. Is this so exciting? Is, th- is that sufficient praise, or do I need to do I need to pump it up? Yeah, you know, it wasn't as much as you'd give for a nice sandwich, but it was pretty good. It's okay. It was, I don't give that for. Yeah, this is really the sandwich is the only thing that gets the the overt praise. Yeah. Okay. All right. And of course, that for any new listeners, Chester is the longtime co- uh, co-host with Akiva on the 32 Fans podcast. And now here they are. This is kind of like a podcast double date, right? Ooh, it is. Yeah, I guess so. It's complicated. It's complicated. But it's one of those situations where a lot of us have dated each other in the past. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I'm uh, quadruple more than. Yeah. I I feel like uh, I feel like Larry sitting in on uh, like the client meeting with Clive Owen. Chester, you're playing the role of Clive Owen in this scenario. Oh, at least I'm not Susie. (laughs) No. No, that's that's obvious. That's obviously Rob. Okay, <laughs> Jester. Uh, also, I, I don't want to bury the lead, but you uh, have started a new Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, rewatch podcast. W- w- why now? Um. Well, I guess uh, we were inspired by you and Akiva with your Seinfeld podcast, and we were very excited when the new season was announced in December. And so we decided. I don't know. To be honest, I think I had mentioned it to Akiva. A year or two ago, and then um, uh, my co-host Avsenensky messaged me a couple weeks ago and said, "Hey, if you want to do that idea, I would do it with you." So, yeah. Akiva, did you pass on the Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, recap? You know, Chester says I passed. I don't ever remember being asked, but I also there's no way I would have time for you know. I do two a week with Chester. I do a super long one every week with you. We've been doing this now. Like, there's no way I could do a fifth podcast every week. Uh, you know, I'm, also I'm looking- feel like a little bit of a betrayal, right? Like if you do having done every Seinfeld episode with Rob to then embark mm. on a full scale curb. Totally. Rewatch without Rob, I feel like would be uh, uh, treacherous. Yeah. Oh no, not Rob would not keep- care at all. I, it, it would be a waste be a of his time to do uh, for me, <laughs> but it was a yeah. pass for me. And I, but I also think uh, it was treacherous of Chester to start a podcast without really running it by me, even though, again, <laughs> I could not do what? it. But but the next, no, I'm just telling the, you guys, the next Akiva, time. He said, you said, why don't we do, instead of doing every episode of Curb, let's just do the top 25 episodes of Curb. Oh, that's that a good was idea. Four years, that that's was four years idea. ago, though. 
That was yeah. years. Ago. And I told you, being a completist, that there's no way I could do that without watching every single episode in sequence first. Mm. So, right, you yeah. couldn't rank the episodes unless you'd seen them all. I'll just say this, Rob. The next time I try and schedule a 32 fans episode with Chester, and <laughs> he says, "Sorry, I already have a record with Av to do the Pretty Good Curve <laughs> podcast," I'm going to lose it. I'm going to yeah. hit the roof. Yeah, just telling you right that now. Happen yet? Has it? Yeah. <laughs> when it does, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> all right. So uh, th- we need to talk about uh, episode five of uh, Curb Enthusiasm, uh, season ten. Josh, uh, need is a strong yeah, word. How yeah. was this episode for you? That I watched it last night, and I really I haven't read anything online about. Well, well you were coming off of your Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. high too. We should we should point out. Yes. Um, so nothing's going to really uh, you know measure up to James Marsden going at it with uh, Jim Carrey is dr robotnik mm-hmm. um but you're asking how does this fit in the pantheon of season 10 thus far yeah uh akiva we've been in lockstep with our yes. with our rankings uh of mm-hmm. the of the episodes so far am i crazy to put this in top three i think i think it's like my third favorite of the season so far so we i think we were at one four three two right and rob right. was one three four two that's right. Uh, so, I think that so you're I think saying I like one, four, a little five. bit less than Cabo. I like this yeah. a little less than Cabo, but uh, I, I still like it more than uh, uh, three and two. To me, it's basically a tie between this one and, and the third one. They're not right. as bad as what was the second one? The artificial fruit. Right. Uh, right, right. They, they, which to me was a low point of the series. But, uh, it, you know, it was I, I laughed really hard a couple times this episode, but it wasn't as uh, it, it wasn't consistently <laughs> strong or interesting. There's a there's a thing that you know when when you bring Clive Owen into Curb Your Enthusiasm playing the part of a curbed up Clive Owen that's really really fun but then to bring Vince Vaughn into the show in the same episode playing a fictional character playing a Funkhauser no less uh, I think that that was his first appearance on the show as a Funkhauser right I can't remember uh, seeing him in a previous episode um, it was it just felt very strange to me like yeah. it felt it felt very whiplashy because he's so famous is that right chester is that uh, the first appearance of vince vaughn as a member of the funkhauser family yeah and that was kind of annoying to me that we've never heard of him before and now he's such close friends with larry that yep. he's sending him and by the way he says it's not a gag gift it's a real gift you've got to be really good friends with someone to uh give them that kind of a gift i think yeah yeah no, took years before Chester said one. <laughs> well, I, I, Rob, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop a, a take that is both hot and I think accurate right now. Okay, I think what happened is that they, when they filmed this episode, they knew they didn't have Funkhauser because he was sick. Right. I think what happened, similar to the last time they mentioned him uh, in Larry's house, in a very similar looking scene, I, I think that they pushed this part, this the filming off until they had him or something like that. And then eventually realized they didn't have they didn't have access to the funk man. And they created this Freddie Funkhauser, who, if you'll notice, is not really mentioned in any scene he's not in. It's a total sub like side subplot of the episode. And I think this was basically scripted and put together after well after the episode was otherwise completed. So you think think that Funkhauser is always referred to as Funkhauser. And then when they didn't have the the real Funkhauser, they invented other Funkhauser characters to uh, fill that role. When they talk about Freddie Funkhauser in Larry's house, I believe it's Larry and Leon. Leon. uh, Very very similar to a few episodes ago. They're it's clearly dubbed. They're not showing their faces almost identical. And they're standing in the same spot is when they did this a few episodes ago. It's dubbed over. You're not seeing them talk. It's very clearly dubbed. So I, I think this whole thing, if I had to guess, we did have a listener who had a friend who worked on production. Maybe we could find this out for next week. I, I think this whole thing, which really had no, it does tie in at the end of the episode, but it has no connection to the Clive Owen stuff. You know, it's not like Clive Owen gets the sex stuff. Like, it, it is really totally separate. I think this was filmed way after. That's That's my guess, but I have a lot of evidence. That, that sounds that sounds legit. That sounds legit. That sounds like uh, you know, kind of problem solving after the fact. That you know, they can't. They, they have a, a place saved for Funkhauser. They can't do the Funkhauser scenes. They decide to to carry the torch and deepen the Funkhauser mythology. Is their is their solution to, to not having the the genuine article? Okay, um, so we're left with a cliffhanger, I guess, at the end of the episode. Uh, did Chester, did the professional crier and end up getting hit by the truck and die? Yeah, so it's interesting. This is a similar thing they did with Larry's assistant. 
couple of episodes ago where they now they they show a character with they cut away from the screen just before we see you know the ultimate demise of them and then we find out later so it seemed to me and that was a question i was going to ask you guys did carol get hit by the truck i'm going to assume she did but i but we'll probably get confirmation in a, in a following episode right i can imagine the world where we never revisit this i can imagine <laughs> i don't think I we imagine. ever hear from her again right yeah if i if Larry is subject to all these like Me Too allegations sure. and a police officer just saw him wrestling with this woman and sure. then, you know, moments later she's dead. Right. And and I do think to that point, Chester, there does seem to be and and Robin and Keith, I think you guys floated this possibility earlier in the season. I, I actually do think you can you can see the pieces in place for this to go in the direction of the Seinfeld finale. Oh like it yeah. Does, it, it, it really it. it really it really is starting to feel like a great case is being built against Larry because so many storylines are continuing to advance. Like now we're tying Ted into latte Larry's like the universe is folding in on itself. Um, and why is that? And I think Chester, that's a really good point. Like you could absolutely imagine the scene by the end of the series or the end of the season, which could be the end of the series uh, in which Isla Fisher is like brought to testify uh, or the cop is brought to testify because Larry is just, uh, it, it, whether it's the court of public opinion or a literal court uh, where even his own attorney has turned against him. Uh, if I could just make one note, though, unless Larry is lying to us, this is not intended to be the final season of the show. Has he said that he wants to do more? So he um, and, uh, you know, as listeners of my podcast know, I went to a screening in New York City of the first name. episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went to a screening of the first episode of the season um, featuring Larry and some other um, actors from the show. And he and Larry was interviewed and he was asked that question and he was not committal one way or the other. But he said that he intends to make the show as long as he feels like making the show. And, and he the implication was this isn't the final season, but when he makes the next season, he'll decide then which is sort of how he's been in the past. So, but uh, unless it's misdirection, it didn't seem like the intent was for this to be the final season. So we just have to be glowing with our praise to make sure <laughs> that he wants to keep doing this. Is what yeah, and you guys are guilty of insufficient praise. Mm, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't, don't be insufficient praisers. Yeah. This yeah. to me was the best episode of the season so far. Uh, by far. Wow. I thought was on the podcast. Okay, well, <laughs> make your case, Chester. <laughs> yeah, Why? I want to hear that. Uh, the, the case was because I was laughing. Like I watched it with Dr. Jen, my wife, um, who I refer to as Dr. Jen sometimes in person. now, And, um, and we were both laughing so hard. Like we couldn't breathe a couple of times. What like, were the funniest you know, parts? Well, okay. So the scene where Larry is deflating the doll, it's obviously yeah. absurd that he would have to, you know, hump and grunt to do so. But oh. you know, that, that, that was very, very funny. I thought that the first time that Carol tells her stole a subway story, uh, Jen and I were both laughing. Uproar. I mean, to me, it was so obviously false the first time I heard it, unless, you know, I'm just more cynical than Larry David and, and Richard Lewis. I don't know. But we were laughing at the absurdity of the story of the mother dying and all that. We just thought that was insane. Um, <laughs> this is kind of a dark know. story to be uh, hysterically <laughs> laughing yeah. at. That, you're not supposed to laugh during that. I hope Dr. Jen wasn't laughing. <laughs> no, but it was obviously fake. She's a, she's a, she's a liar. Con no? Con yeah, she's a con crier. Absolutely. And I drop a take about uh, not to not to speak ill of a fellow Jew to quote a Larry from last episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, Ilo or Isla Fisher. Do you guys know how to pronounce her name? The, the actress, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's wife, who is the, uh, the the professional crier, uh, drops in this episode, I think, the worst American accent in yes, the history of yes, American. Yes, television. yes, It's yes. astonishingly bad. Well, she's forgetting I, I, it. I fully thought that she was supposed to be British or certainly not American. And then like she kept talking and it was clear that she was trying to do an American accent. And it was very jarring. Very, very bad. Not a good accent at all. I didn't realize she wasn't American. It's a little tricky. So she's born in Oman because her, her parents are, are her dad was a U.N. person. And then she grew up in Australia and then she moved to the U.S. Then she marries like, uh, you know, an Israeli British guy. Like, uh, so she, you know, is a master of disguise. So yeah, you never master really of disguise. Know who you're with. Yeah. yeah, you don't know. You don't know what his real accent is. But she is. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy how bad it is. Like one epi one scene, she's speaking like you know, a, like a Californian, and then she has like a half British accent. Just hire an American. It's crazy. What are they doing here? Or or let her be British. <laughs> Rob, the, Rob wasn't bothered by it. Yeah, I did not. Wasn't thinking about that. Um, mm. Are you a big accent guy, Akiva? I've never heard you talk no, about. No, but I, I was thinking like, why is why is she half British, half American? 
who is this actress? Because, you know, I'm face blind, so I don't no- recognize people usually. So, so you like, really oh, key in Fisher. on voices. No, I don't normally, but I was like, why Why is she doing like a half British accent, half Australian? Half, like, I noticed it as well. Have, it, was it, it was really it was bad. Strange. It was odd. It was odd. Uh, Chester, did you like the Contiki stuff? Are you a big Contiki guy? <laughs> um, you know, I thought it was okay. <laughs> I'm well, not being insufficient in my praise. Yeah, I, I, I thought Clive Owen. They could have given him a little more to work with here. Okay, I like what I like. What these guys are jerks, though. Like you know, Clive Owen, like full jerk. Like all right, who cares? Larry left them a message. What do you have to like start this fight and then run out of the house? I do like. I, it must be fun for an actor. Like you're gonna play yourself, but like a full a hole version of it. Although maybe Clive Owen's a real a hole in life. Who knows? Clive Owen's like he's like Jude Law. He's like super famous, but. Like I'm not exactly sure for what, like what his like main role is or anything. I just know he's like an answer. Yeah, speaking of Jude Law, right? That's the crossover. Yeah, uh, Clive oh, Owen. Clive Owen is very feels feels like a very serious person yeah. in a way that Jude Law, just to continue the example, does not. Like I think Jude Law, you imagine like a, a hint of deviousness. A devilishness to Jude Law. Are you just describing um, the act, the characters they play in closer? Yeah, and I think like <laughs> you get the sense of like the aura of the actor that I think that there is that 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 level of sort of like you could you can imagine the playfulness. Uh, I don't think that you really get that from Clive Owen, which made it very surprising and a great choice, I think, to have someone like Clive Owen in this role. For someone to like get like into that major actorly actor mode of your praise is insufficient for the the level of gut pulling I'm doing on stage every mm-hmm. single night. Maybe Clive's real life Jeff Jeff manager character had the idea. Hey, you got to go on curbs so that people can see your uh, comedic side because you're too serious. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Akiva. What well, what is Jeff's role here in the Clive Owen one person show? Well, he's his manager, so I guess he's just like support. He's there to support him, and you know, to hire a professional crier to make it seem like it's good. I mean, is Jeff that big a deal that he is managing Clive Owen? I mean, he's managing Larry David, who you know, I guess in the world of Curb isn't that big of a deal. He's successful, but not famous. Why? I mean, he, yeah, can't... he wrote Seinfeld twenty years ago and really hasn't done too many uh, great things. He's done a couple uh, yeah. of Broadway yeah, plays. Yeah, he's done since, a couple and, of plays yeah. in the last twenty years. Well, he did. In, in fairness, in that world, he also rebooted Seinfeld, which is a, probably a, b- a bigger deal than we're giving him credit for. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> and didn't he play Jerry at one point or something? Um, so yeah, I, 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 I mean, Jeff can't have a. I, I, there's a list of really shady guys in Hollywood that represent people. He's not even the agent; mm-hmm. he's the manager. So I, I, he could be shady. Okay, you buy that. Okay, let me ask a couple other questions about this episode that were nagging at me after it was over. Josh, did did Leon have sex with the doll? <laughs> <laughs> Has this been bothering you all yeah, day? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, these are the the questions that I yeah. was left with after the episode. Um, I I can imagine the scenario where Leon had sex with the doll. Sure, it was ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think she has a name, by the way, guys. This is very was, disrespectful. Is, uh, is Sherry. Is that right? Which is very close to Cheryl, right? Is that yeah, intentional? Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's <laughs> certainly, if, if Cheryl finds out the name, that's going to make this whole thing even worse. So mm-hmm. much worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if so, if Leon had sex with the doll, I I feel bad for the for the doll based on what he said he was going to do yeah. to the urinal. Cube. Because Leon seemed attached to the doll. Larry kept saying, "Get rid of the doll," and and Leon refused. Uh, yeah. No, he liked the doll. I think he felt like uh, the doll was like, I don't know, uh, the, a new like comforting presence in the home. Yeah. Very protective of the David home. <laughs> Jester, do you have a take on this? I mean, I think Leon probably did, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's be honest here. <laughs> I thought Leon was going to sleep with the maid. If Larry can't even protect the home, the, the, the cleaning lady mm-hmm. from Leon, how is he supposed to protect a, a doll who uh, you know can't even uh, stand up for herself? Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that they seemed like if, if he didn't have a, you know, a sexual relationship with her, he seemed to at, at least at, enjoy having emotional her around. Connection. Yeah, <laughs> maybe an emotional connection. Yeah, uh, they were bonded. Although Leon lives in the back in the guest house, right? Mm-hmm. So why is the doll always hanging out in the front house? I guess because if it's in the back house, it's too obvious what Leon's doing with it. Probably that yeah. to a degree, but also maybe, you know, it's too soon to be living together. 
right? Like maybe, maybe it's a big step. It's a big step. No. Yeah. Leon taps and then leaves. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like ta- tapping out. Okay. Yeah. The uh, tapping hours are also at night. The, 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 the yeah, that's stay right. That's right. That's, that's, right. That's, right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, once, once again, Leon, uh, MVP of the week. I have to imagine there's, uh, we've got, uh, we've got, we've got quorum on that vote. Yeah. They can just rename the award after him at this point. Yeah. The Leon, yeah. Rebo- yeah they Who might have to retire week? him. Like, Candace Bergen, uh, you know, did with Murphy Brown after she won too many JB, Emmys. JB Smoove walking into the room uh, with the non sequitur. Can, do, can you only eat anchovies on pizza or can you eat them loose? Is just <laughs> such an incredible line. Yeah. Can you eat those things loose? He says about anchovies. Is is unbelievable to me and i was laughing so hard for so long after he <laughs> yeah. said that and it's again to like what we were talking about with jb's move last week is like how many different versions of something like that did he did he use first before he landed on the anchovies line uh the man's a genius well what about Some- in the storage container in the beginning of the episode when he was going into the whole thing about how women used to say uh poop poop be doop yeah, uh, poop, poop, <laughs> if he was in the 40s he'd be really into it yeah yeah <laughs> Happened. We say that. Yeah. <laughs> really, really funny. <laughs> it's just, also, Larry has polio. Maybe smooth in real yeah. life. He's basically dressed like it's the forties. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, that's right. It's true. Uh, that's definitely his fashion sensibility. Uh, yeah. A lot of these events you see him photographed at, um, and it's just so funny. And like everything, uh, everything that he's doing at Latte Larry's and his commentary about the P Cube was just uh, just killed yeah. me. Well, week. I want to talk about the the P Cube at P-Cube. Latte Larry's uh, because <laughs> Kiva, what what is Larry going for here? Like I, I've been trying to rack my brain around the design of what Larry is going for. And I don't understand why he's building this sort of a uh, penis guillotine uh, contraption. <laughs> I don't think I. No, that. The, 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 yeah, the, the door makes no sense. It I doesn't don't make understand sense. what it what is the very issue dangerous, here. Very yeah. small. It's crazy. I it I get. I love the idea of like re you know redesigning the urinal, but the actual thing they came up with is just insane. It, like nobody would go there. I the I love that you have to go up on. Yeah, it's I mean, I get the idea of like, you know, some public bathrooms, uh, you know, the, the floor could get very uh, wet. Yeah, Larry had it. Here's the idea. You have like a great floor like uh, that is, you know, that that basically is like a metal grate. And then you're like, uh, you, you know, an inch or two off of the real ground. So no liquid can stay on the floor. That's it. That's it. That We've reinvented the bathroom. Mm, yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. The other um, weird thing to me was the um, the the red haired contractor who uh, I'm the only person who enjoyed uh, I'm dying up here the the show on Showtime mm-hmm. he he played so this guy's from that I, it seems to me that he's being sarcastic when Larry's talking about the P cube and the no defecation of the building but apparently he's being totally sincere because yeah. he really builds it he builds the prototype so, yeah and but, the but as you said it seems like it would lead to more spillage not less having like a small little square to aim into. Um, and then also the the no defecation in the building, leaving aside the fact that there's regulations that I'm sure require restaurants of a certain size to include toilets. It's also quite sexist because the pee cubes are for the men. Like, what do the women use for their urination? They didn't really address that issue. Uh, and, I, and I was, I was. <laughs> no, cons- they did because there's a penis sensor. So uh, yeah, uh, like no penis theory. detected. Yeah. <laughs> so the woman squats <laughs> over the pee cube. Well, and that's a that's a very scary thing with the pee cube. You have to put a lot of faith in the system to to go all the way in there and be detected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is new technology too. I wouldn't want to be like the, the Neil Armstrong version. of the pee cube. Yeah. You know? I thought they had that on the leftovers, Josh. Yeah, they do. Uh, do but do you believe uh, that Nora came out on the other side? Is the question. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think that's uh, whether or not Leon had sex with the doll. <laughs> <laughs> I believe him. I tend to believe him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that the 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 deal with Latte Larry's is this is like the Larry David Lab. Like this is where he is going to be able to test out all of his uh, misanthropic theories uh, and put them to practice because it's a spite store. He mm. knows that it serves just one purpose. It's it's sole reason to exist is to drive enough business away from mocha joe yeah mocha joe is destroyed (laughs) latte larry's does not need to be a success only insofar as it needs to destroy mocha joe yeah this being 
the the LD lab. This is where he probably has been fantasizing about the P cube for decades, literal decades. And now mm-hmm. he gets to put it into practice. But uh, hold on, but Larry was partners in a restaurant before. And he never right, but that up. wasn't a spite restaurant, right? Like that was yeah. an actual investment. This is like but that's yeah. where he had all his ideas that he thought yeah. you know were were good ideas. Remember, yeah. he had ideas about what like the waiters this, wear and the, like bells the and... He's like the emperor of uh, of latte. He is latte Larry, <laughs> right? Like this is like a, this is a, a dictatorship. Yeah, Kiva, until it becomes latte Leon's. But yeah, yeah. Uh, this week when <laughs> yeah, the true. news started to circulate that A Rod was considering buying the Mets, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I, I was just sort of overcome oh, with real? the idea. Yeah, that that, that was wow. a report. I was overcome Despite with the idea. That, do you think that yeah is is A Rod looking yes. at the Mets as a spite store against uh, Derek Jeter? Oh man, yes, it's a spite team to to beat his uh, his old rival Derek Jeter. Uh, and what what a blessing it would be for the Mets for someone who has less money than the Wilpons to buy the Mets. That would be great. <laughs> Are you counting the J Lo money? Spite, I think he'd go to great effort to uh, you know to get the beans to get the players to keep them away from the Marlins. So yeah, no, nope, the players aren't on the Marlins anyway. Who do you have to? That's not a fear. <laughs> I think A Rod uh, can get the uh, the best beans, and by beans I mean performance enhancing substances. No, that's right. <laughs> And uh, he does not use a pee cube. He just pees on his cousin's floor. Right, so. <laughs> Did he do that? Is that a thing? Yes, he peed on his cousin. What was his name? Yuri's floor when <laughs> Yuri like snitched on him or something. Uh, and, yeah. and we've also seen him sitting on the toilet, right? So, yeah, you guys remember uh, that? <laughs> Yuri Rodriguez was the Funkhauser that they had to bring in at the last yeah, second. That's right. <laughs> the Freddie Funkhauser of, of the A-Rod family. Uh, who is that? But then there was Mook Funkhauser also. Yeah. Uncle yeah. Mook. By the way, you, you just mentioned that as we're speaking, I just edited, I haven't done this in years, I just edited a, Kirby, a, uh, a Wikipedia entry because the description of the episode refers to him as Larry's Uncle Mo, but he's actually. Uh, a Funkhauser uncle, and it's Uncle Moke with a K, not Uncle Mo, as I know because I had captions on when I watched the episode. <laughs> so I, I just I just fixed Wikipedia for uh, what was the, the har- previous <laughs> Wikipedia page that you updated? Uh, it's been a long time. I don't know. Okay, we might have to put that on the wheel, like Chester. You know how like they call like Pete Buttigieg uh, updating his own Wikipedia page for like decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I could see Chester doing that also with like Minnesota sports. Like getting into fights with people in the Wikipedia edit section. No, I think I a, it was accurate about the source of most of my old Wikipedia entries. It was uh, sports related. I had okay. a friend who edited Chris Hardwick's Wikipedia page to make it seem like he had a brother named Peter Hardwick, who was my, one of my college roommates at Syracuse University. Yeah. That's the only Wikipedia editing uh, story I can contribute to the discourse at the moment. You know, Rob, Josh wants a Wikipedia page, and we put out a, a call. It's true. That, it's true. And nobody made well, it. So for why him. doesn't Chester do it? I feel like Chester, I'm internet famous enough at this point to have a Wikipedia page, right? I mean, at I'm least close. for a while. Like maybe eventually it gets taken down or something. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But like, I think that I should be able to be like, uh, I've got a blue check mark on Twitter. Like, I feel like I should be able to have a 24-hour Wikipedia page at least. That, yeah, that should be the rule. If you have a blue check mark, you get a, your own Wikipedia I think page. That's, I think that's right. I think that's right. I'm referenced in, like, I'm cross-referenced in other Wikipedia pages, mm-hmm. but they won't link back to me. Yeah, they want to link. Is, Otherwise, it's a dead link or just no. Chester, no. make Josh a Wikipedia page. No, the move is Josh. You start your own. You start Wigglerpedia. Oh, <laughs> and then it's all oh. your stuff. No, that's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. And then start uh, right. the, start Wait, the whole. Before Chester does it, I'm buying Wikipedia. <laughs> Wigglerpedia, uh, and then you put all the entries into all the things that you care it. about. Yeah, it's okay. I'll, I'll buy it with two G's for the people. Okay. Oh yeah, okay. oh, that, you'll get a lot of residual traffic on that. Sure. <laughs> uh, Akiva, can we talk about the uh, drastic uh, variance in dating prospects for uh, Carol in this episode? Where sure. at the beginning of the episode, uh, she's dating Richard Lewis, and by uh, near the end of the episode, before her tragic demise, she's dating Clive Owen. That's not. I mean, it's not a bad. Uh, it's not a bad glow up. I think as the kids would be <laughs> would be thinking. Uh, yeah, Richard Lewis. I do love when when uh, Larry's talking about. Uh, Richard Lewis comes in and is like, oh, we could have had a baby together. This could have been the one. <laughs> and Larry's like, could have had a baby. You're two hundred years old. Even though they're like ostensibly classmates, right? We're probably the same age. Um, yeah, but but yeah, that is harder. yeah. Going from Richard Lewis to Clive Owen 
is I, I can't even think of of a uh, of like a celebrity analogy in real life, but it's unbelievable. But from her perspective, like if she's a con artist, she just looks for the easy mark. So Richard Lewis is obviously an easy mark when it comes to women, and then Clive presents himself as that because Clive is the one who approaches her, you know, and thanks her profusely for the crying, and you know, and and he says I'm Clive, and she says Oh, I know, like you know, she, she she's just looking for the con, and so. I think uh, to to date her is sort of an insult because it implies that she thinks that you're stupid enough to fall for her uh, for her con crying. Is the professional crier a real occupation, Josh? I think so. Uh, I think that that makes sense. I don't think that it's a real occupation that uh, you would say I'm a con crier uh, or I'm a professional crier. Like, yeah, shouldn't she have like some sort a of backup, a, a yeah backup, a cover a, a cover a pseudo a job title like a waste management uh, type of job title computer yeah. project coordinator? Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just think so, something that isn't. Uh, I don't know. There's there's certainly I think uh, she she could say she's an actor. Right. Like mm. I'm an actress, I think is would be fair to say if yeah. she's going around and she's hired to like accentuate uh, performances with her tears. That would be a little misleading, but ultimately accurate. Yeah. Akiva, because in her job description, she refers to herself as like, oh, I'm a pro- professional crier. People hire me for funerals uh, <laughs> that what? What, yeah, is, what is that like? Like, I get it. Like, OK, in this scene, we need somebody to cry in this commercial. But Who's who's hiring people for uh, to fake cry at funerals? You know, Uncle Mook died. No one really cares. He lived in ninety two. He was a creepy old porn addict. No one's gonna be crying, but you know, it'll be disgraceful to his one remaining you know relative who loves him. So we're gonna hire this crier to pretend like someone cared. That's the only scenario I can think of. Chester, uh, also, uh, the mailman was back for the second time. Uh, this season uh, this is a uh, major violation right for the yes. person of that works for the postal service to be uh, revealing what's inside these packages absolutely the mailman delivery confidentiality breach here is really egregious and if lionel the mailman <laughs> thinks that ted is larry's friend why would he share the sex doll story with him it would call it, lionel doesn't know that ted has an issue with larry so if anything Ted would get pissed at Lionel for this. And plus, now Ted knows that he has to distrust Lionel because Lionel is one who yeah. goes around telling other people what kind of packages Yeah, and God knows what Ted Danson is getting delivered to his house. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that that was a, a very risky move by Lionel. But I think that you can take a calculated risk if you're Lionel the mailman, that the odds are in favor of uh, somebody like strongly disliking Larry David. <laughs> Especially his friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even yeah, especially his friends is what I was going to I say. I love when Lionel says, "You're friends with Larry David, right?" And Ted sort of sighs, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I guess, guess technically that's the case." I think that the the return of Lionel the mailman is uh, was another signpost in in my consideration of the fact that this is we're building towards some sort of they're gonna they're gonna bring everybody out against Larry by the end of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the season. It may be hard to see exactly what it is, but we're building towards something huge. <laughs> uh, it, it may not be something that Larry can survive, and I'm very concerned for him. Oh, my goodness. Um, I know. We haven't <laughs> talked much about the uh, housekeeper storyline. Akiva, any, mm-hmm. th- any thoughts on the uh, housekeeper tug of war between Larry and Susie? I thought it was a good idea that they didn't really take anywhere special. Just imagine, Rob, let's say you had a a nanny or a housekeeper, a babysitter Mm -hmm. who your wife loved. And then your wife's like, hey, you know, she needs two extra days, uh, you know, gives it to your neighbor. And then your neighbor ends up stealing her. Mm -hmm. Your wife would burn that person's house down. Like Susie, the craziest person on earth, was Mm -hmm. totally calm after about five seconds. Just all all Larry had to do was offer to help, offer to help clean one time before Clive Owen comes. And she was totally like okay with the fact that larry stole her her mate it's insane mm-hmm. yeah um it's a good point very good point <laughs> yeah yeah didn't really didn't really go Jester, anywhere. imagine dr jen someone one of your friends no, yeah, no, stealing no, no. No, this is she'd before. kill them yeah, no you're right no you're absolutely right she it's would crazy. kill them yeah it, 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 it's not done in polite society or in polite society uh but the other weird thing about the cleaning lady is she walks in on Larry or what she sees the doll the first time she sees the doll not when Larry's engaged with it but when it's just sitting on the couch and she asks about it and Larry tells her yeah, yeah I collect them like why doesn't he just blame it on Leon which is actually the truth 
Uh, that was very surprising to me. And, and you know, on the on the rewatch of Curb that we're doing, it's something I notice a lot, especially in the early seasons. Larry often takes the blame for things that he is not at fault for when he could easily tell the truth and blame someone else. And for some reason, he just admits responsibility himself. And I didn't understand, like, why doesn't he say, oh, yeah, that's Leon, my house guest. You know, he collects them. It's probably because of his warped view of reality where he doesn't believe that anyone is actually going to, like, challenge him on the notion or someone's going to accept his explanation as like, oh, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> he doesn't do, like, the extra mental legwork of being like, oh, no, they're now going to think that I'm banging the doll. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just in the tapping, please. We prefer tapping, sorry, tapping. sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I also I really love that uh, Larry and Jeff got into a huge uh, screaming match about the the dishes and uh, who can clean the dishes and could Larry wash the dishes. And I just love that they went from they were just screaming at each other to then to midnight. Just, yeah, and then just completely like went to like went right into normal conversation <laughs> right right after that, which I thought was very funny <laughs> when they sat back yeah. down at the table. I was surprised to hear uh, that Larry could uh, handle the hottest of water. Mm-hmm. Especially guess, because he I, couldn't I even it, put I his hands tracks, in the coffee, right? He had to put well, his nose in the coffee. But that's that's what tracks, I guess, is that like certain body parts of Larry David's are uh, immune to, <laughs> to heat. It's very heat resistant, and depending on the beverage and the appendage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My favorite part of, of when Larry claiming he's a great dishwasher is how Jeff calls him out. He says, no, no, no. You saw someone else cleaning dishes and you said that you could be good at it, but you've never actually cleaned a dish. <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, Akiva, do you have any other highlights from the episode? Uh, yeah. For, yeah, I'm still I'm still reeling about uh, about Susie's non-murder there. I love the no defecation thing. Uh, to me, that's great. I do think like we've had Vince Vaughn, Clive Owen... Uh, Justified McGee, what's his name? Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. Uh, I, I do think they're going there. so big for like the you know A list guest star in every episode. And they um, it. Yeah, but also I, I like I guess now the show's big enough that like Larry you know calls or something they could get it. But I don't think they've used them perfectly. I think none of them have been like, oh, I hope that person comes back. Like I never want to see Clive Owen again. I don't really need to see Oliphant yeah. or certainly Vince Vaughn. I think all of them were sort of strikeouts to to like sack flies at best you know you know what i th- I think uh it, it feels like in the same way that like the the film style like the way that the show was shot uh in season nine after so much time away from the show uh to like come back and like it just looked different like they were using like drone shots and they were like it just it just it did not it did not look like curb as you knew it um i feel like i'm adjusted to like the new literal style of curb your enthusiasm and like now like the new thing that's a little bit of uh of of a distractor is like seeing so many famous people um and it's again it's not like they haven't done that before it just to your point it feels like a lot this year yeah rob and i discussed this a lot in season nine if you remember rob especially in that shot in particular the drone shot in the first episode of last year where people were mad like who needs like why is curb spending like an extra million dollars on this episode it didn't make any sense um but yeah it does feel like every event every episode is sort of like an event in the sense that like uh, you know, oh, Curb, it's like a big deal now, and and we're gonna have a big guest star, and it feels like it matters more. But I don't know, less focus on maybe the jokes and a little bit of the editing, tightening. Mm-hmm. Every one of these episodes is like thirty eight minutes. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, long long episodes. Uh, not as long as last week's episode with uh, going down to uh, Mickey's wedding. <laughs> It is good though. Yeah. I like Mickey's wedding. Um, we also saw Ted Danson become a uh, an investor in the Mocha Joe uh, franchise. Josh, uh, that uh, that do you think that Ted Danson will be uh, you know a, a big part of Mocha Joe's yeah. business model moving yeah, forward? He's the, he's the big bad, right? Yeah. And I mean, I think they'll try and like do some tie-in, uh, some product placement. Uh, who knows if uh, is Robert E. Lee coming out at the same time? Uh, as Mocha Joe's is in business, are they going to come up with some sort of deal? And plus, Ted knows that Larry has the beans from Cabo. Right? He, oh, he was on I guess plane. he would. Yeah, I guess he would. I yeah, he so would. he can give that information to Mocha uh, Joe. Did, did he get back with the beans? Was that part of the episode? No, we never saw that. He was left on the tarmac with him and the beans, so he got back somehow. He's not still in Cabo. Yeah. So, however he came back, he must have brought his beans with him. Right. So, Larry takes the beans off the plane and everyone is like, Larry, what are you doing? You're crazy. He's like, I'm not leaving my beans. 
beans. Yeah. He stays behind. He was willing to leave his luggage, but his beans. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ted Danson takes note of that, especially at a time when Ted Danson has uh, is incentivized to feel rather sour about Larry David. Uh, so definitely, like the deeper he gets into the Mocha Joe, that's a thread that could be tied into this uh, elaborate plot. It is also something that you can easily imagine them not noticing that they have on the table as a yeah. as a potential story thread. Uh, Akiva, do you think it was a plot hole that Freddie Funkhauser, uh, you know, now reveals that the, the Funkhauser's family's feelings on the uh, inflatable girlfriend, when wasn't it a storyline in season nine that uh, the young Funkhauser in high school broke his arm and then uh, oh, yeah. you know, they needed to hire a prostitute? Uh, sex yeah, worker. I forgot about that. Yes, I forgot about that. Yes, where was uh, Freddie Funkhauser then? <laughs> What's that kid's name? Do you remember? Chester, you're you're freaking have five Curb Your Enthusiasm podcasts. You don't know that kid's name? I'm not up to season nine yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this. Um, so we just did uh, Porno Gill, the uh, season one episode Whoa. three, and in that episode, uh, Jeff is in the hospital with surgery, and he asks Larry to go collect his porn collection from his house to get it out in case he dies, so Susie will never find it. And Larry expresses disgust with porn, and uh, Jeff says, "Oh yeah, you're you're Repression Jones over there. You're not into the porn." But here we see that he he knows all about the internet porn because he's telling Uncle yeah. Moke about it. Well, so, twenty years yeah, later, it's been twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I've never looked at porn before, but like I know that there's a lot of it on the internet, so it's not impossible. You've, you've heard about it. You, you well, read heard, an article yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah heard, heard about it. it. Oh, heard reports. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, Josh. Anything else about the episode that you want to say? Uh, no, I just would like to reiterate uh, that the line about anchovies on pizza, do you have to eat them that way or can you eat those things loose is the greatest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> yes, you love Kills that. me every time. Yeah, I did. I liked it a lot. <laughs> Big fan. Leon's killing me. Leon, MVP of the season for sure. Okay. And then, Chester, anything else that you want to say about this episode? Um, well, my one question is, Jeff is trying to get Clive Owen as his client and he's talking about how important it is to rope him in and so that's why he decides at the lunch to seal the deal he's going to bring Larry David over like a master of tact you know like never ruining social situations that's a that's a weird person to add as your fourth to your private lunch at home Mm -hmm. yeah what kind of sandwiches were those Metzler's 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 Metzler's, yeah Yeah. Josh is that a thing Metzler sandwiches uh, I don't know. I uh, listen after the attack on cucumber sandwiches this week. I don't want to pile on. I don't want to. I don't want to add anything to the sandwich discourse. Why are you pro uh, pro cucumber sandwich or anti? I, ju- I just Rob. I just said I don't want to weigh in on okay. it. I don't we have it. a Metzler's in Denton, Texas. I see mm-hmm. on University Drive, but I don't see any in L.A. or Hollywood. Maybe they so made it up. They shipped it in. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Akiva, any, any other business that we need to attend to here? No, I think that's mostly it. Oh, uh, the one thing I... Uh, so at the very beginning, uh, when they're talking about boop, boop, a doop, Larry, Larry says he'd call women toots, or, hmm. or uh, Leon says it. <laughs> and my grandfather unironically calls his wife toots and has for my whole life. It is wonderful. No, she does not say boop, boop, boop. She calls him, you know, she, she says the F word to him a lot, and then he calls her yeah. toots. I think only Betty Boop <laughs> said boop boop we do, but I don't think yeah, that anybody but, else said. Yeah, are we bringing it back? Is it coming back? Boop boop a doop is is this is this going to be? Uh, is twenty twenty the year of its resurgence? Um, Could Betty Boop come back? Yeah, I, I yeah. don't know if the world is ready for a Betty Boop uh, comeback. I'm not I, sure. Do you think I, um, Curb gave gave it a Betty Boop boost though? Like, is the, there any? The I don't know. I, I don't know if she's a great role model, boop Betty Boop. Uh, I don't know anything about it. The only thing I know about Betty Boop is my first, my, I had a job in college, my first ever job. And uh, the, the uh, like administrative assistant, her like side thing, she was not a professional crier. She was like the number one Betty Boop impersonator. That oh. was like her thing. She'd go to like, you know, somewhere in the city on Saturday nights and impersonate Betty Boop. But I don't know, like, why is Betty Boop a bad role model, Rob? What is wrong with her in, in so, 2020? Uh, that my mother-in-law, she was a big uh, Betty Boop stan, but I, I don't know if Betty Boop, and, and again, far be it from me to, you know, maybe maybe I'm, I'm completely wrong about this. I, I don't think that she's really the model of female empowerment. I think Betty Boop would, like, do things like, have like a kissing booth so men would kiss her and give her a dollar. Like, I think that, um, I don't know. I don't think that she's necessarily, if I had a daughter, I, I wouldn't tell her to look to Betty Boop as your role model. 
Yeah. Also, just because there's not a lot of recent material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think Hard. kids know who the yeah. boopster is. Yeah. 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 Adam so, Boop. My my uh, my son in 2016, Akiva. I just sent you the link. <laughs> he had discovered who Betty Boop was when he was, I guess, three and a half years old. Wow. So, wow. I, I only know this I'm because proud of you. I, wow. no, he, I don't. I just I wrote a stupid Facebook joke about it at the time, which I just shared with Akiva. So. <laughs> Okay. It's a great story, what Chester. The, what was the, <laughs> no audio media. The whole thing what was the joke? Yeah, what's the no, joke? No, just don't bring it up then. Uh, okay, fine. So my son, I'm just reading what I posted on Facebook on September 25, 2016. Erez, my son, who was then three, discovers Betty Boop. Erez says, why does she have a funny name? I answered, well, it used to be Boopstein, but she changed it to advance her Hollywood career. And my wife laughed. Then Erez said, why did mama laugh? And I said, because I made a joke. And then Erez said, but it wasn't a funny joke. Uh, so okay. now you have the whole story. Are, are you are you great? That yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not invited for the podcast. <laughs> no, guys, the pretty good her podcast. <laughs> more for more like stories that. like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. Just where where can people find your Kerr podcast? Yeah, just uh, on any of your uh, your uh, podcast a- a- applications. It's called Pretty 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 Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are in season one. Uh, we just did season one ep- episode three today, so we only have about what ninety seven more until we catch up to you guys. Okay, all right, uh, Josh. A- a- anything you want to highlight while you're here? Um, Riverdale, Josh. Got to plug Riverdale. Oh yeah, Riverdale, Riverdale. I was on, I was on the Riverdale podcast with Mary and Kirsten, and it was, it was genuinely. Absolute delight! Uh, what one of one of the great podcasting experiences of my life. Uh, insufficient uh, praise, I think. Uh, <laughs> is that insufficient praise to say one of the great podcasting experiences of my life? He's afraid I of have, Kirsten. I'm not afraid of Kirsten. I love Kirsten. I'm a little Scary, afraid man. of Kirsten. I'm a little afraid of Kirsten <laughs> yes. if she's. If she's I'm not going to say anything bad about Kirsten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm With not, all due respect to, to Kirsten, uh, Kirsten, I don't know yeah, if yeah. she's 45 minutes into uh, Curb Enthusiasm season 10 episode five recap. <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I'm, I'm in on Riverdale now. I'm once, once, uh, once Emily uh, gets uh, in gear and starts watching more Riverdale with me, we've got, a, we've got a big binge ahead of us. Okay. Uh, oh. Great show. Great and then, show. Very, very strange show. It was a week off for Rob and Akiva need a podcast, mm. but uh, Akiva will be back with Wheel or No Wheel coming up this weekend. I'm excited. I don't know anything about it. I, I, I mean, I know it's based on Deal or No Deal, but yeah. we're, I, you know, we are being presented the episode. Can I ask a question before we get there that uh, that, I, that I guess you don't know anything about it, but are we sort of like, are we opening a suitcase and then in the suitcase is the idea or like the rank of the idea? I'm not sure. Uh, hopefully, it's the idea, or else we don't hear any ideas till the end, right? Well, I kind of uh, feel like that. Then I, I think it maybe should be the rank of the idea. If, like if we have our suitcase and we don't know what it is, and this is like the this is the twenty second ranked idea. Do you want this or no? And then if we say no, and we just feel like we should hear what it is. But what what if we like uh we are we gonna necessarily like how? Basically, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have DJ LaBelle Klein and whoever else is gonna be on that podcast listen to this and they could they could figure it out. Like if we open a suitcase oh and it's like, oh great, uh, we love that idea. Okay, we'll take the deal, and then that's the right, end. That of the doesn't show. make sense. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. They probably that that's a, that's in, that's not in the spirit of deal or no deal. You can't do it that way. Yeah, it is. Right. If you uh, like or get like an offer, suitcase, of, you, or is the banker gonna call with an offer of like, uh, all right, all right, we got a deal for an offer from the banker. Uh, season no, three, you, you, episode seven yeah, of Full House. The ideas aren't in the, the the ideas aren't in the cases. It's like, all right, here's after you pull five cases. Like, all right, here's the idea you guys could have now. They don't offer if you pull case one and it's a million dollars. That's bad, right? That those are the cases you lose, Rob. Yes, yes. And and then it's okay. the average of. You have to, I think you have to rewatch Deal or No Deal one time, maybe. Okay, so yeah, just turn on your TV. It so we're gonna oh, yeah, say, okay. So they're gonna say okay. Here's five numbers. Okay, I'll give it to two, four, six, eight, ten. Okay, and they open up like all right. Here was number two. Oh, and it was oh like uh, build build Josh Wiggler's Wikipedia page. Like oh right. okay, oh, we missed out on that <laughs> That's one. That's sensitive. That's sensitive. I don't want that as an option on uh, wheel or no wheel. Yeah. I want a dedicated uh, a hit squad on that. That's mm-hmm. not that's not something to be just auctioned off like mm-hmm. that. Uh, offended at the suggestion. So then, basically, then are they're opening up five suitcases, and then the banker is going to call us with a pitch for a different 
podcast? I don't know. I, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have the crew listen to this episode and then get back to us because I don't you know. see what I'm saying. You see what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to wrap. My That's head a good around. question. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna work. You know, this episode's been on the wheel for many months, so I'm sure they have an idea. And so I'm only can... raising this now because I don't want to get yeah. to Saturday and then You're, I'm, no, I, I, I'm asking the good thought. questions and be like, yeah. oh, oh yeah, we never thought of that. No, no I, I think I, it's I, important that you talk that out through in all of its copious detail at the end of the Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. Well, <laughs> I'm putting it into the universe on Tuesday yeah. so that mm. on Saturday we're good to go. Yeah, it's, that, that, it's a good point. And uh, listen, I'm not I'm not in charge, but I can I can send it up the grapevine. Yeah. And if I can't have a Renap production meeting 50 minutes into a Kirby Enthusiasm <laughs> recap, then when can I? Let's do it on Down the Hatch, four hours into like the worst episode. Of- <laughs> it's, a sh- it's a shorter Down the Hatch this week if you guys want to just quickly record a segment that we can, uh, we can tack fine. on. To- Usually only the $75 patrons get to hear this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Okay. <laughs> just putting this out for free. All right. Very generous in spirit you are, Rob. <laughs> you got it. You got it. All right. Uh, does anybody have anything else for this podcast? No, we're halfway done uh, with the season. Right. Uh, you know, Gosh, I just feel honored that we got to witness this uh, scheduling. Yeah, wow. no, it, it's, really a, it's really a blessing uh, that we were here for this moment. Okay, well, we I, gotta, Rob, you think of an idea for us to get Josh on 32 fans. Um, what should we have? Well, Josh, had there's a ton of, of off-season with, stuff that you guys do. A lot of off-season stuff. Josh had an idea of uh, maybe we pick a sports team for him, but that's also I, you know, I don't know if we that was pitch for uh, Renat, but I, I think that was more of a 32 fans idea. I'm we said uh, I'm still I'm still game. I'm still game for someone to build me up as a sportsman. It w- I think it would need to be football because you sort of like the Mets, and I couldn't pick a team right. other than Mets for anybody. So we might have to right. wait till. Yeah. But you could, but you could build me back up as like a, a, a an up to date ready to go Mets fan yeah, although it seems just... like this is a, a, a bad time to do it some scandal right like the or at least the stink of scandal no like stink no scandal. stink not There's anymore no stink. in the okay. sport okay. not on us yeah right 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 well there could have been there was very close we're not good enough we probably tried to cheat and got worse mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah okay yeah. All right. I declare this podcast adjourned. We will be back uh, next week with Curb Enthusiasm Season 10, Episode 6 recap. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. 